0: Hey, it's cloudy and minus 27 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Erin Foppel. Well, Environment Canada has issued that extreme cold warning, the coldest wind chill values will be between minus 40 and minus 45 today. The warning is in place for much of the province, with the exception being the far southeast corner. And that extreme wind chill has also caused the closure of the ski hill at COP. More news in a moment, but first 770 CHQR helicopter traffic.
1: No major delays for you this morning. Drivers are taking it slow all throughout the city with those slick and icy conditions. And just a reminder that in the south of Calgary, Highway 22X is closed. At McLeod Trail, if you live in the Sundance or Silverado area, this will definitely affect you. Your alternate routes are Deerfoot Trail and 37th Street West. The closure goes until tomorrow at 8 a.m. Join Canada's Lifeline today. Book your next appointment online at blood.ca. Canadian Blood Services, together we are Canada's Lifeline. For the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Taya
0: Youson. And a look to local weather now. An extreme cold warning, as mentioned, is in effect for Calgary and surrounding areas. Periods of light snow today. The temperature falling to minus 28 with a wind chill near minus 40. Periods of light snow tonight with a low of minus 30 and a wind chill near minus 41. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. A slight chance of morning flurries and a high of minus 25 with a wind chill of minus 41. And then minus 33 in the afternoon. Right now in downtown Calgary, it's minus 27 degrees. RCMP would like you to keep an eye out for a missing woman and her vehicle. 34-year-old Heather Brown Lees is believed to be driving a silver 2007 Chrysler PT Cruiser. Brown Lees was last known to be at her home in Crossfield on Thursday, which is just north of Calgary. She's described as white with a tall, slim build, brown hair, brown eyes. You're asked to contact Airdrie RCMP or Crime Stoppers with any leads in the case. colleagues are stunned by the death of Canada's Auditor General, Michael Ferguson. The 60-year-old died yesterday of cancer. Craig Scott, a university professor who also serves as an advisor to the Auditor General, says he had been notified by Ferguson's office about a month ago that his cancer had returned in recent weeks and had been doing some work from home. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau issued a statement praising Ferguson's dedication to public service and strengthening of Canada's democracy. Well, Virginia's embattled governor is pledging to remain in office after disavowing a racist photograph that appeared under his name in an 84 medical school yearbook. Governor Ralph Northam ish- initially apologized for appearing in a photograph that featured what appeared to be a man in blackface and a second person cloaked in Ku Klux Klan garb. Northam later said the photo did not feature him at all. Former Democratic Congressman Jim Moran of Virginia says what matters is how Northam behaves now, not now he- how he behaved then
2: i really don't think that we should be judging the basis of the mistakes people have committed in the past as much as uh, whether they have learned from that past
0: and northam says his first intention was to reach out and apologize but later became convinced he was not in the photograph after studying the picture and consulting with classmates well, Emirates are welcoming Pope Francis's trip to Abu Dhabi, the first ever papal visit to the Arabian Peninsula where Islam was born.
3: The National, a state-linked English-language newspaper in Abu Dhabi, has described the Pope's three-day visit as a dream come true for the country's estimated one million Roman Catholics. With the trip, Francis is seeking to turn a page in Christian-Muslim relations. But while Christians can worship in churches built on land donated by the country's rulers, Blasphemy and other tough laws carry a possible death sentence. I'm Charles de la Desma.
0: Taking a look at sports now, Tom Brady, he's going to try for a sixth Super Bowl title tonight when his New England Patriots take on the L.A. Rams in Atlanta. The 41-year-old Brady has five Super Bowl rings and has played in three straight NFL championship games. The Rams franchise is looking for its first Super Bowl win since 2000 when they were located in St. Louis. In Calgary Flames, coach Bill Peters returns to his old arena today. In four years with the Carolina Hurricanes, he never took them to the playoffs. The Flames, meantime, will be looking for the win after an O. T-loss to Washington on Friday. Calgary has at least one point in nine straight games. Puck drop is noon. And it is minus 27 degrees at 9.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Aaron Foppel.
4: Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and I'm running solo today. It is uh, It's a little solo outside. It's a little cold out there. Um, you don't see a whole lot of people out there, but it's on the old truck thermometer. We're running about minus 26 on the way down here. So definitely cold, and with the wind chill, you're getting into that minus 30-ish type of weather. So you can definitely feel the burn on the skin. So if you have anything to do outside, make sure you cover up, dress in some layers, and uh, get out and do it quick, and then get back inside so you can... Uh, Enjoy. I guess we have the Super Bowl today, so it's a good excuse to stay inside and watch the Super Bowl. Maybe do a little indoor gardening before uh, before that comes. And uh, days like this are good to just go through your plants in the house, check underneath the leaves. Um, we're starting to get a bit more light. The days are getting a little bit longer as we head into February. So you can you can if, if some of them aren't looking quite. Quite right. They might need a little bit more light, so they'll start looking a little better here as the days get longer. And one of the biggest things that happens in in the winter time is a lot of times overwatering. If you've continued to water your plant um, every Tuesday, no matter what, and then now it's wintertime and it's cold, unless you have it, unless it's really cold, more like this, where your heater's on all the time and you have the have your plants near the heat that'll tend to dry them out just like your skin. Um, man, I sure notice it after being away a little bit in a little bit warmer climates during the week, and then you come back, you just you forget how dry it is. And so it's, it is very hard on your throat and, and your skin, so you can't imagine how it is on the plants and stuff like that all the time. And uh, I got just a, a text or an email from Shelly. She, she has a magnolia. And it's been giving her lots of pleasure. Just recently, she's noticed flies come out of the soil, and and what that is is typically those are fungus gnats, and and she says she's put coffee grounds and different things, and that'll also sometimes create these funguses because if you put them in, they keep wet. It's organic material, and and you'll tend to create that. The best thing to do, Shelly, is just let them dry out. You can get a product called Pure Spray Green. Or I think we still, I'm not sure if the fungus in that one is still on the market or not. I believe it's been taken off, but I'm not 100% sure. But the Pierce Bay Green works really good. You just spray it right on the soil every five days for three weeks consecutively, and uh, that should help. And just cut back on the watering. That's just a, a sign that you're watering too much. And what you want to do is do more thorough watering. Like if you water every three weeks or every two weeks, Fill it right to the top if you can. Flush it right through every so often, and then that'll help definitely um, with with a lot of that. And then keep and just if you have a, uh, a solid fork or some sort of fork, just run it over the top of the soil, loosen it up. Um, that'll help aerate it and help it dry out and help get rid of those fungus gnats. So hopefully that will help you out with that because that's mainly what the problem is. Yeah, and like I was going to say, at this time of year, you see a lot of overwatering. In big plants, I, I see a lot more underwaterings a lot of times. People give their plants just a little bit of water. Um, they water the top 10 20% of the pot, and the bottom half of the pot um, tends to stay dry. And that's really hard on the roots because the roots down low never get any moisture to be used and to f- fulfill all the foliage up top. So, um, if you have some larger plants, if you, if you have the ability to move them into a bathtub or a shower every so often, fill them right up, let it go right through the bottom. Um, it definitely makes a big difference on your plants. If you can do that once in a while, obviously some plants are, it's a little bit hard to do that, but if you have a tray underneath, you can at least get a little bit of water coming out the bottom. So you know that you've got the water going all the way to the bottom of the pot, which is, uh. Very beneficial for a lot of those plants. So, Anyways, if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open and we can talk about all kinds of fun stuff in the cold weather. You can call me at 403-974-8255. And that is a talk and text line. Or you can call at 1-800-563-7770. Or the email is at uh, letstalkgardening at siugc.ca. That's just an acronym for Spruce It Up Garden Center. And just a couple of things I want to mention. I was hoping to have um, my light lady on, but her schedule didn't fit quite right right now, so she's going to come on in a couple of weeks. And I'm looking forward to having that. Um, she is uh, has a great book, covers all kinds of growing with lights and all that kind of fun stuff, so um, looking forward to that in the next couple of weeks. But right now, it's a good time to get to the garden centers. Have a look at your at your plants, I mean your seeds and things that you might want to grow inside. Um, there's nothing better than starting a little bit of herbs or some some basil, all kinds of different things, just to get some greenery growing in the house to help you make you feel like uh, spring is in the air. So, and another thing, if you have a elm tree in your yard, we're getting close to the deadline. Um, of when you can prune your elms. They can only be pruned between October and March 31st. So we have another month and a half-ish, two months here of left of pruning. So if you have an elm tree, you want to make sure you give one of your certified arborists. And uh, our our arborists, one of them is going to call in hopefully next week if it fits. And Mark is going to give us a call, and we're going to talk about what to look for and about elms, and and because I really like pruning in the wintertime as well. Obviously, some days like this, not as much. But it is it's a lot of times it's better for the tree. It's totally dormant, and the arborist who's doing the work can see the tree. You can see the structure, and uh, I, I find a lot less mistakes are made in in when you can see the whole tree for thinning out and noticing those dead, damaged, or diseased branches to help your tree get through the winter time, And I see Mary's up and running already, so I'm going to give her a shout here. And we're going to go to line one and see. Actually, she's not on hold yet. There she is. <laughs> Morning, Mary.
1: <laughs> I was so busy talking High River to, to Mark. <laughs> anyway, uh, I want to thank Michelle for her great... Um, advice on azalea my house looks like a flower shop <laughs> nice <laughs> i had a great birthday
4: i'm yeah happy birthday today. how was it was it did oh you... it
1: was wonderful but oh my gosh it was cold yesterday but 50 people showed up oh nice yeah we had a great time awesome it was really good anyway i just michelle gave me this great big azalea plant came and said, there was no instructions on it, so I, I haven't had one for so long, so she told me exactly what to do. Awesome. Very informed, your
4: staff. Yep, they are. Uh, Definitely yeah, we tried, how was your uh, trip
1: to Vegas?
4: It was good. We were mainly doing we were doing all the the gift stuff. Yeah, all the gift Christmas and a bit of furniture and things like that. So <laughs> it's, well,
1: it's Christmas today, the the day I was born 85 years ago, it was minus 40 Fahrenheit.
4: Yeah, so so what about global warming? What happens?
1: Well, I don't think there's any global warming. <laughs> it's weather. We- weather is weather, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good one. Weather is weather, whether you like it or not. <laughs> exactly. No, and it's garden true. Gardening is good. Gardening, and the garden show is good for your soul.
4: Absolutely. On Sunday morning. Absolutely. Better
1: than going to church. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh I, I better be for quiet. Some,
4: yeah, for some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I need to
1: go. <laughs> but one
4: thing, Mary, After it is this good. this week. No kidding. <laughs> but um, I had fun. This week, this week or this weather is good for a couple things. It helps yeah. um, oh, control the birchley, or birchley minor, but more yeah. of the... The pine beetle as well up in up in the mountains and yeah, things like exactly, that.
1: Exactly, exactly, and and it looked like a winter wonderland yesterday and today because we I predicted the snow I had on the calendar from the fog. Yeah, ninety days
4: before. But we have one coming up, I think, closer in yeah, April. Yeah, it's going to be that's, a, that's the big at the one. End I think a month. Yeah,
1: see? I got snow all over the calendar. Well, it's winter. We need it. No, it helps
4: get the moisture oh, yeah. in the ground for sure.
1: Yeah, it was too dry, yeah. and it was scary. I was worried about fire. Yeah, in the grasslands, they they were worried about
4: it. Yeah, no, we need some more good spring rain. Yeah, and, doesn't uh, hurt. No, a good no. summer will do Alberta well.
1: Yeah, it's great. Anyway, thanks a, a lot. Yep, and,
4: thanks, Mary, and, and happy birthday. Luck. Glad uh, it all went well, and.
1: Did, uh, you know there's a saying, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah,
4: that's why I don't want to talk about it too much. I hope much. you
1: behave. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Always, Mary. That's my middle name, Merle Dave. Uh, your wife come <laughs> with you? No.
1: Oh, dude. my. Oh, <laughs> well, you're a free range. Look out are. when they're 50-something years old. Middle-aged. Middle-aged crazy. <laughs> oh, oh, Yeah, have fun. All right. Bye, hey, Mary. Mary. Great to talk to you. B-bye. Bye. <laughs>
4: Yeah, middle aged crazy. Actually, it's funny. I'm I'm not a gambler or nothing. So uh, we met um, some friends down there as well, and uh, and Zoe and Chris from our buying team and our design team were down with me, and then we met for dinner and stuff. And I guess I think in Vegas, I've never been like go to bed like 10, 30, 11. And it was just it's kind of funny because you're up all day, like you're at the show. We're there. We should meet for breakfast 7:30. You you get to the show by eight eight thirty and then you're like you're on your feet and we close the show down all three days like so it's a uh, it's a it's a long haul all day you're on your feet you're going all day so it's uh we walked up and down Fremont Street just to uh, see the freak shows which is always interesting <laughs> it's 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 a, it's amazing what uh, what goes on down there but uh, it is what it is as Mary says it's uh, it's a day in the life I don't think much changes if it's Monday Tuesday or Wednesday. When you when you if you walk up and down Fremont Street or uh, any of the other streets, but there's some gorgeous um, gardens, and that's one thing Vegas. Man, they spend the money on the plants and uh, like in the casinos and the Bellagios and those kind of things. The garden, the features that they do, like we're at the Mirage, and it's amazing how the the waterfall and uh, the volcano like that's gonna be 30 years old now. And it still looks top first class today. It's like so, it's amazing. And like I said, going through the Bellagio, they always do year of the, the Chinese New Year's, which is year of the pig this year. So they change their whole theme, and you'll see that all through Vegas, and just amazing. And they do so much of it with real flowers in the Bellagio. So if you're there um, at the Bellagio or through Vegas. Take time out of your if you're a gambler or whatever else got going on. Take some time and go through the some of the gardens and the the interior inside gardens or the outdoor ones down there and just just have a look and admire what they've done. There's a lot of hard work that has gone into a lot of the gardens down there. And if you'd like to join me after the break, phones are li- wide open. 403 974 8255 or one 800 Five six three seven 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 zero. I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, where we have a great new selection of houseplants and indoor decor pots are all in stock. Come check us out. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, and that is one category that has really gone up, really quite nicely. Is the it's nice to see a lot of uh, p- young people, older people, all kinds of people. Everybody's really getting into the house plant um, trend, and it's really going after the foliage plants. So there's some really nice foliage plants out there, and uh, but those ones you said some of the bigger foliage ones is where you have to. Uh, just pay attention a little bit more on the watering and different things like that. But man, there's some nice uh, there's some nice plants, and I know uh, Zoe is bringing in stuff all the time every week. We typically get a new shipment of uh, different house plants, and uh, we have some great new white pots and all kinds of different pots for the inside. Um, we like to think we have probably the best selection in town on the pottery side of it. Because uh, man, they just keep going. We keep getting new ones, so. It's exciting seeing that uh, that trend and, and seeing a lot of the young couples coming in and uh, picking out plants for their new houses and things like that. So lots of fun. Right now, we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Pat. Good morning, Pat.
5: Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm good. I'm inside, so I'm nice and warm. Yeah,
4: no, that's good. I was hoping you weren't hanging outside with your Mayday trees. So. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
5: But I see my neighbor out walking her dog as she does every morning, no matter what the temperature is.
4: Yeah, no, You see the little doggies out there, and they're like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> Who's this walk for, me or you? I'm, I'm good. <laughs> yes.
5: Anyway, we have a May tree. Uh, yeah. Um, and we have a relatively small front yard, but we face a green space. So there's
1: okay.
5: lots of space there. We have a, probably a birch tree that I don't know. It's a, a beautiful, big, full birch tree on one side. And we have a May tree that's been struggling with Black Knot for forever. Yeah,
4: and especially if you're living near in a, a, an open green spot, that tends to be, there's probably some native Chokecherry and stuff Lots, in there. Yes. Yeah, and that tends to bring in the that into the Prunus family, which the May Day and the Schubert Chokecherry and that are part of, and those two trees tend to get that Black Knot, unfortunately. Okay. So.
5: What can when when should we cut it down? We've been threatening to do it for five years. Yeah, uh, is the springtime the best time to do it?
4: Um, you could really do it any time between now and, uh, and and spring, and uh, and you can just get that cut out. Or do you want to plant the tree a new tree in the same spot or? Well,
5: can we? Well, for, we kind of like to have the blossoms one more year. Plus, we also feed the birds, and we yeah. don't want to cut the tree down because there's bird feeders in it, and the you know yeah. birds kind of hang out there in the winter. Yep,
4: yeah. and no. in the summer. Yeah, so just wait till spring. And uh, the only thing is, if there is black down on it, it might be good just so you're not spreading it more. So because it's a, it's an airborne spore, and that's when it gets spread is in the morning or in the spring. Sorry. Okay. Because when the it, the the spores come out early on. Um, then the birds that land on them, when they go to other trees they get land and then they spread the spores. It's an airborne spore that gets spread. Okay. So unfortunately, that is. Uh, but I like your thoughts of, of getting rid of it if it's if it's if you are struggling with it. Other than that, it's a it's a pruning process sort of every spring or well, throughout the or throughout the winter time. So yes,
5: we've been doing that. But now, what can I replace it with? As I say, it's a relatively small front
4: yard. You know what? If you like that color and you want some berries um, I would, and just something to feed the birds, something that's really nice is um, the, the Ross Thern Crab Apple. A, I don't want
5: to pick up crab apples. No,
4: no, apple. the, these are just ornamental. It's just tiny little, they're like a mountain ashberry. They're even small, like they're that small. Okay. Yeah, everyone, so when I say crab apple, a lot of people get that, just like you did, that instant reaction of the old dogle crab, which everyone, hey, you have the mush all over your front yard. Yeah. These These varieties that we carry now, I, I think I bring in maybe one or two doggles a year because people, again, just, they don't sell. Um, or the gladiator crab is another ornamental crab. It's, these are columnar, narrow, vase-shaped crabs that are perfect for front yards, and they, the berries stay on them. The rosthern is a green-leafed one with white flowers, and the berries turn yellow in the fall and winter, and then the birds eat them. Really, really nice. And then the, the gladiator crab is a purple-colored tree and okay. with real nice pink flowers, and then and then you get the berries after that as well and it, they're not messy one bit um, i would this two two of these trees i've just planted in my my front yard i would never i would totally recommend these for anybody so
5: okay now you say they're columnar
4: yeah so they're they're vase shaped like they're not real tight and skinny like like the columnar aspen but they're they're definitely a narrow tree so they're perfect for front yards like you were saying so
5: okay and, okay, so if we buy a tree from yep. you or, or, or whoever, like, do we have to dig the hole for it for no, ourselves? No,
4: we do all that. You do all that? Yeah. No, if you want us, to, we can just say, if you want to remove that tree, we can re- come in, remove the tree, remove the root, um, plant the new tree. We could look after the whole process for you all in one shot.
5: Okay, we'd probably take it down ourselves because then we can use the, yep. the wood. Yeah then you would take the root out,
4: would you? Yeah, well, it depends if you want to plant the tree in the same spot. If you're okay to find a different spot, but we definitely grind it out. Like We'd get our stump grinder in, we'd grind out the stump. But if you want to put the tree in the same spot, it's a little bit more of a process. You have to dig down and remove the roots because the, the stump grinder only goes down sort of 12 inches. Okay. And depending on the size of tree that you want to put in, we have to dig down a couple feet, so...
5: Okay, so if I didn't want to do that whole process, how far away do I have to move the hole for the next
0: tree?
4: Um, you probably want it to be at least four or five feet away. Okay. Yeah.
5: All right, thank you very much. That right. very helpful.
4: All right, just give us a shout, and uh, we'd be more than happy to help. All
5: right, keep Thank warm. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
4: All right, need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: It's cloudy and minus 27 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Erin Fomple. Well, Environment Canada has issued an extreme cold warning this morning. The coldest windchill values will be between minus 40 and minus 45. The warning is in place for much of the province, and the extreme wind chill has also caused the closure of the ski hill at cop Airdrie RCMP are asking for the public's help in finding a woman who has been missing since last week. 34-year-old Heather Brownlees was last known to be at her home in Crossfield on January 31st. There is a general concern for her well-being a fire has destroyed a Calgary mansion that was once owned by a family that built the city's first department store. Smoke was billowing out of the Enoch Sales residence when firefighters arrived yesterday morning and cold weather made the battle more challenging. Built in 1904, it was the last Victorian mansion in Victoria Park and was acquired by the Calgary Municipal Land Corporation in April 2017. It had been boarded up and vacant for the last 20 years. In a look to local weather, now as mentioned, there is that extreme cold warning in effect for Calgary and surrounding areas. Periods of light snow today, the temperature falling to minus twenty eight with a wind chill near minus forty. Frostbite can happen in just minutes. Periods of light snow tonight with a low of minus thirty and a wind chill near minus forty one. Mainly cloudy tomorrow. A slight chance of morning flurries. A high of minus twenty five with wind chill of minus forty one in the morning, then falling to minus thirty three in the afternoon. For Tuesday, sun and a high of minus eighteen. It is minus 27 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10. I'm Erin Faubel.
4: Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening and I'm going to go to the text. I had a couple texts here and then I'm going to hit the phone lines. Um, I bought a pineapple yesterday and would like to try to plant the top. How do I do that? And what is the chance for success? Actually, very good chance of success on that. So what you want to do is try and find a nice, hopefully it's a fresher looking top on it. And after you cut it off the top, you want to have about a quarter inch or so, and then you just let it dry out. You got to let it call, sort of clean it up a bit, but then just let it callous and if you have some rooting hormone, it, it definitely helps just to dip it into a little bit of rooting hormone, and I just put it right into soil, right on top of just plant it into soil, and let it callus for about two days. Um, that this means let it dry out and it'll it'll callus over for about two days before you plant it in the soil. Dip it into the rooting hormone, and then go from there. If you don't um, have any rooting hormone, I would just again. Just good potting soil. Keep it a little bit moist. And you can fertilize with like a 15 higher middle number. Just try and create a little bit of roots. and But I've, I've done it myself. Fairly easy to do. So um, definitely would be very, very helpful. And I got one more. Good morning. When I prune my poplars, how do I make trimmings? I assume the winter trimmings won't work, but the spring. The, actually, the winter ones will work because if you use... Uh, the the poplar tips the the use the very end of each of the branches, and and you can start those fairly quickly here. And what I do is get trays of soil, like even four inch pots, fill them with soil, and with your with your poplar tips, you want them about six eight inches high, um, and then again just put them into right into the soil. You want to have one or two of those nodes and just just make a cut right underneath one of the little bumps on the branch and uh, put that into the soil. Keep it fairly moist and they'll root up really actually quite easily. If you have rooting hormone again, like the previous with the pineapple would be great. If not, um, by all means, um, just, just keep them fairly moist. You'll see them leaf out and they'll root up fairly quickly and then I'd wait until about uh, mid-May after all the frost is gone, then you can plant them outside. Um, depending on how fast they grow between now and then, you might even have to plant them into a two-gallon pot or a or a little bit bigger pot, um, depending on how fast they go from here. But both those, you should have very good success for both those collars. And, uh, and good luck with that. That should work out really nicely for you. And those are great little projects. Um, I did that a couple years ago quite a few years ago, actually, with, with the willow walk. I was doing a project south of Calgary um, for a family when we were building it. It was called a willow walk because there's 38 varieties of willow in, in Alberta. So we were trying to find every willow in, 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 Cal, in the Alberta area. So some of them I was fortunate enough to go to the Brooks Research Lab. They have an arboretum there, and they let me take cuttings from the arboretum and so I was able to propagate a whole bunch of willows into my Willow Walk. So, anyway, lots of fun. The only thing is, deer and and rabbits and critters love willow. So, just so you know, if you start getting a bit out there, and and the young poplars, they like them as well. So, the key is to to water them really quite well, and uh, and you, but you should have good success with that. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How can I help you?
6: I have a small greenhouse in my backyard and um, I've wanted to grow cucumber plants and they are, I am successful, but then
7: they get attacked by spider mites.
4: Yeah, spider mites love those. And uh, one of the, one things you can do is keep good airflow and um, a product called Pure Spray Green, you sort of, if you give them a spray every five days, something like that, and it's it's non-toxic, so it's it's fine for your eating. Um, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, and then that'll help keep the because those cucumbers can also get uh, powdery mildew. Yeah. So this helps combat powdery mildew and the bugs. So they're they're great.
6: So I just have to spray the plant, not the soil.
4: That's correct. Okay. Yeah.
6: At what stage, once the plant starts producing? Or?
4: Yeah, it's sort of when you get full leaves happening, sort of when you start seeing a little bit older leaves, because that's, that's typically when the spider mites come. And the, the hard thing is that they they come in so quickly, you don't see them because they're so small, right?
7: Yeah.
4: And Another thing you can do is, no, no, no. I believe, um, if it's the blue or the yellow stickies as well, that helps with some of the spider mites in the soil. okay. Um, They'll go to those, but those are, the spider mite is a, it's a tough one because they, like I said, they come in fairly quickly, and, uh, but if you have good ventilation in your greenhouse, and because sometimes it gets quite hot in there, that's more what the spider mite likes as well.
8: Oh, really? So. How do I
4: ventilate? Like, it's do you small. have a do? you have a does? Do you have a vent in it? Like, does do you have a something that opens, or the door that opens, or a window that opens?
7: Just a door or a
9: window. Yeah.
4: yeah. Just try and keep that open, and you can even just have a portable fan blowing in there. Okay. Yeah.
9: Okay, great. Thank you.
4: All right, and uh, uh, is it heated? Uh, no. Okay, so obviously you gotta wait till into no. June before you can put those out into there.
7: You know, in one year I got so frustrated,
6: I thought, I'm just going to close up everything and and burn them and heat them out. But you're saying
10: they love the heat.
4: Yeah, they do. That sort of, sometimes they flourish in that type of environment. So the spider mites and things like that. And just keep it clean. Like if there's dead leaves, pull them off, things like that. Use fresh soil every year, um, Thing, and then that'll definitely help. But spider mites are a bit of a nasty one. So, But the yeah. pure spray green is a great one because, like I said, it's an insecticide. And it also helps with the powdery mildew, which is something that also affects cucumbers quite a bit in greenhouses. So,
10: Okay. okay.
4: All righty. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. A couple of quick texts. Um, Merle, I was wondering how those cordless chainsaws are working out. My husky's getting a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, we have the cordless uh, Husqvarna and the, on our pruning crews and that for up in the bucket truck and things like that and on the ground. They love it. Like We have the big um, gas-powered ones for some of the bigger stuff, but um, the cordless ones, um, for the most part... Um, they love it and and cool, lot safer up in the bucket and different things when they're up there doing the pruning and they just hold up like crazy. The battery's been great. so uh, so far so good they uh, they they love it and uh, and you don't ever have to worry about mixing gas and all that other fun stuff. so they uh, it's been working out quite well. so but thank you for asking. I believe that was Darcy. All right, let's go to the phone lines. I'm gonna talk to Sherry. Good morning, Sherry
9: i uh, i have uh green earth insecticidal soap yep okay I have a uh, a fig tree and it has those little white knobs right at the uh where the stem of the leaf is
4: yeah is it kind of fuzzy a little bit
9: no, no it's sticky
4: <laughs> yeah, so that's just if it's not kind of fuzzy, it could be just um the fig trees will they also emit a bit of a uh like a glue type thing, or or a bit of a sweat, and, but oh. it's it's white though, right? Yeah. Okay. How big is it? Like
9: oh, like a pea? I, or? I can. Yeah. No. It, it's a uh, like a mustard seed. A big. That's as big as it'll get.
4: Like the size of a rice grain.
9: Uh, no. 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 Not no, even that big. That, smaller.
4: No. Okay. I think it's just the, that's just it emitting. Um, it's sweat, like they just sweat out, and it's sort of like a, they sweat out a sugar type stuff, and then it crystallizes on there.
9: Okay, that that's fine. Well, i i have uh, two I have three beautiful begonias, and I don't want any <laughs> infestation of. Yeah, of so my... yeah,
4: you mentioned that Green Earth; those are good. But the only thing with any of the insecticidal soaps, you have to rinse them off. Um, oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, because then it otherwise it'll suffocate the leaves. So that's, uh, why, that's why I like the Pure Spray Green better, okay,
7: because it I'll does
4: the so. same thing, but you don't have to rinse it off, and, oh. and it, it also works as a, as a fungicide, so it's, it, I find it's better that yep. way, and it's not as sticky, and it's, it, just, it, it works really well, and I just love that, and, and especially with begonias, you yep. also get that powdery mildew, so um, the, the, the Pure Spray Green will work so much better for you.
9: I have a pair of rubber gloves, and I wipe the leaves off with this. And uh, but I don't rinse them. So uh, okay.
4: Yeah, <laughs> no. Most to- of those, like the most of the the insecticidal soaps, because they are they're quite dense. And if you if you use it too much, it leaves a lot of residual, and then the leaves can't breathe. So
9: okay. So really, what I should do is uh, flush them off. Then.
4: Yep. Yeah, hold them underneath the sink. Just if you have the little spray thing on your top, just rinse the the leaves off, let it dry, and then the next time you want to give them a spray, if you have the pure spray green, just just mix it. I just mix it into a bottle and leave it in there all the time. And then just before I use it, I give it a shake. And then okay. just give it give it a little spray and then you're good to go. Well, what's the soap good for then? The garbage? <laughs> no, well it's good for I, I guess heavy infestations, but the pure spray green works as well. It, it it still works it's just you got to remember the second step and a lot of people don't rinse it off after and then um, sometimes in the outside in the sun if they're using it it also can create lots of sunburn because it creates a, a a reflective sheen on there right and then they suffocate in the leaves i've just sometimes you see more damage than good on with some of those insecticidal soaps that's all
11: okay.
9: follow the
4: directions <laughs> if you follow directions rinse off and all that they work great
9: well, just on on the hibiscus I did have a big uh uh club of of uh this gummy stuff and I thought I had that's when I got panicky because I thought I was getting these mites and uh I I don't water overwater them now but um okay uh, it was that um I I just thought I had mites on my hibiscus with that white
4: uh That could be mealybug though too like yeah. Yeah, so what you want to do that is just get a Q-tip yeah. and then dip it into, um, like, rubbing alcohol or whatever. That
9: I did, I did. And just
4: scrape it off with that, with a Q-tip.
9: I took the whole leaf off.
4: Okay, you can do that, too, or just get in there with a Q-tip and you just, yeah. just brush it out, or a little yeah. fine, like, even one of those little painting foam brushes work really well.
9: Okay, well, you've saved me a lot of work. There you go. <laughs> Thanks so much. You're welcome. Take Bye. care.
4: Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right. Where am I going to go? I'm at Dale. Good morning, Dale.
12: Hello. Thank you.
4: No problem. How can I help you?
12: I'm in a neighborhood, and it's got the back alley. Yep. And uh, they had a poplar suckers sort of coming up. Yep. Well, I dug up around six inches around. I put it in one of those milk crates. Yep. Surrounded it with good potting soil. Yep. But it died. I, I thought poplars would grow anywhere.
4: They they do for the most part. Did you have the root or did you have the, the thing coming up? Like, did you have the actual branch coming up? Uh, the thing
12: was only maybe about, I don't think it was maybe even three, four inches high.
4: Yeah. Depends on what time of year you did it too. because sometimes if it's full summer, um, they're more in a different time of production. And then if you if you did that early spring, you'd have a lot more success. And I, instead of even getting the root, I would have just taken the the branch itself or the stem itself without the root and just tried to root it that way. Yeah, I don't want a poplar. I was just, oh, just messing around. It yep. yep. But to, no, it just I... It could have also been, if it an aspen, um, they don't like to be moved. They're a lot harder to, to root and grow than a poplar. But if it was a big poplar... Typically, but it's always one of those things, right, when you sometimes try to do it, they don't work out with the end, but other times when when you don't want them to pop up, they pop up in the middle of the yard, right?
12: Yeah, I don't know whether, I don't know what time of the summer it was, but I was just taking the garbage out. I just saw the darn thing, and I just thought, well, I'll give it a try.
4: Yeah, it's um, it's one of those ones where, and again, keeping it fairly moist, if it was in the heat of the summer, um, it's definitely a lot harder to, to get it to root because it's it's gone through its other stage, it's more it's producing trying to grow up out of the ground so it's it's different than what it's what you're trying to achieve in the spring
12: because out there in the, the alley it's all hard clay and yep I thought I might have a little success but
4: no no nope. <laughs> no nope. again like I said if you do want to do it though just get the new tips of any of the branches about six eight inches long and you'll have a lot more success that way all right thank you very much all right thanks Dale bye 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 All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. If you'd like to join me, we definitely have some spots available for you on the phone lines. 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both talk and text line. If you'd like to uh, to join me, have any questions or chat about plants, please give me a shout. And I'm going to go to the phone lines right now. We're going to chat with Kate. Good morning, Kate.
10: Good morning.
4: How can I, I help you? I
10: um, bought from Spritz It Up, you guys have some new pots that are the self-watering pots. Yep. And I bought a couple of, probably three or four of them. Yep. And I was wanting to use them for a shamrock plant. Would that work? I originally bought them for African violets, and it works really great for them. Yeah, because,
4: you, and those, actually, yeah, you're totally correct. Like For African violets, I can see them working perfect, being that you don't get any water on the leaves and things like that, your water from underneath, which is, they love it, so... Actually, thank you for that tip. So, I'll make sure I let people know on that one as well. If you have African violets, those are those are perfect pots for that. Yes. Um the only thing shamrock I, um I find do you already have the shamrock plant or are you going to be getting one here when we get closer to St. Patrick's Day?
10: No, I have um I have many.
4: Okay, and you and you keep them nice all year round?
10: Well, I had one great big one. I think I've sent you pictures yeah. of it. And- it was root bound and it really had trouble in the summer yeah. or no in the fall yeah and so i took it out and took out all the roots and now i'm regrowing it from the the roots
4: okay yeah so you just you split it up and starting fresh yeah. perfect yeah. um they really like the terracotta pots um the, oh, they okay. they can breathe quite nicely in those um so you might want to even to start with, and they're fairly inexpensive, so you can do like a nice six-inch terracotta.
10: Yeah, and I do, I have them in terracotta right now.
4: Yep. that They should do great in there. If you want something a little bit more decorative, I would just stick with with a clay-type pot of some sort. Um, And I'm sure the self-watering would be great for those as well. Um, Just, I find a lot of people have a hard time keeping the, the Shamrock, nice after after a while. There's some. A lot of times they're more of a almost. I don't like saying it with plants, but disposable. A lot of times people water them, they came to a certain time, and then they get kind of a little bit raggedy. Then they just more or less get rid of them at that time. But it's awesome well, you've been able to keep it going and then split it up and start fresh. So
10: they're they're a beautiful plant, really.
4: Absolutely, no. Um, you just they get the right spot, the right t- thing, and then they do great. Uh, I've just, it's. I've seen them struggle more often than not. So, congrats to you. So, we're having <laughs> good luck. So, that's great. It's,
10: it's about the watering and the feeding. You yeah. got to feed them because if you don't feed them, they they don't do well.
4: Absolutely, they're a heavy feeder because they're producing so much foliage. i um, feeding yeah. is so important with all of our plants. Like we put them in these little pots, and we fertilize them once every three years, maybe sometimes. <laughs> and and we wonder why they don't do well, right? Like it's. Yeah. They even outdoor trees, shrubs, fertilizing. Like our soil, really has no nutrients in it. You have the top six inches of a little bit of compost, a little bit of stuff, but then we're into clay, and so there's really not a lot of of nutrients in our soil, inside or out. So fertilizing is really important. So,
10: so good. if I um I saw a picture of a shamrock plant put in with a spider plant. Yep. Would that work?
4: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the only thing is the spider plant; they they compete, though, right? The spider plants yeah. it, it, they they're pretty <clears throat> aggressive on the root system as well. So, oh, okay. I, I, I if I was to do that, I would maybe go quite a larger pot and maybe get okay. something a taller plant that you can stick in the middle, like maybe a like a ficus, um, the fig tree, or something something that's a bit more of a tree looking thing. Oh, okay. And then use the. Use your oxalis on one side, your shamrock, and then a spider mite on the other side of the pot, and okay. do that. Because if they, if you stick them in just one pot, smaller, they're going to compete. And on that one, I, I'd almost bet on the spider plant.
5: <laughs> yeah.
4: Because I we just transplanted a bunch <laughs> out of the greenhouse, and they were oozing out of the out of the pot. So. <laughs> yeah. All, right. oh, All righty. Good.
10: Thank you very much.
4: All right. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
0: Hey, it's cloudy and minus 27 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Erin Foppel. Well, the mercury keeps dropping and as such, Environment Canada has issued an extreme cold warning for Calgary this morning. The coldest windchill values will be between minus 40 and minus 45. These temperatures can cause frostbite in minutes on exposed skin. The light snow combined with slick surfaces has caused dangerous driving conditions. Police responded to over 100 crashes yesterday and are asking drivers to slow down. The cold weather has prompted Windsport to close the ski hill for today and tomorrow due to the windchill. And RCMP would like you to keep an eye out for a missing woman and her vehicle. 34-year-old Heather Brown Lees is believed to be driving a silver 2007 Chrysler PT Cruiser with an Alberta license plate. Brown was last known to be at her home in Crossfield on Thursday, which is just north of Calgary. She's described as white, with a tall, slim build, brown hair, brown eyes, with a flower tattoo on her ankle. You're asked to contact Airdrie, RCMP or Crime Stoppers with any leads. Ontario Provincial Police say one person is dead and dozens were forced from their homes following a house explosion northwest of Toronto. Police say the house was completely leveled by the blast this morning, which also damaged neighbouring properties. Carolyn Hodder, who lives near the site of the blast, says she was in her kitchen when she heard a loud bang.
6: We're the street behind and a lot of the houses directly across from us um, had their windows blown out.
0: Hodder says she found about 10 cracks in the walls of her home. Michael Ferguson, Canada's Auditor General for the past seven years, is being remembered as a passionate fighter for accountability. Ferguson died in Ottawa yesterday, surrounded by his wife and sons. He'd been battling cancer and was 60 years old. Ferguson gained widespread respect for his hard-hitting reports detailing wasteful government spending. New Democrat MP and critic for Indigenous youth Charlie Angus praised Ferguson on Twitter, saying, quote, his denunciation of the incomprehensible failure of government in relation to First Nation kids wasn't about numbers. It was a moral challenge. And Pope Francis is on his way to Abu Dhabi in what is the first ever papal trip to the Arabian Peninsula where he will take part in a conference on inter-religious dialogue. The event is sponsored by the Emirates-based Muslim Council of Elders, an initiative that seeks to counter religious fanaticism. by promoting a moderate brand of Islam. It's part of the Emirates' Year of Tolerance and its effort to show its openness to other faiths in a region otherwise known for severe restrictions on religion outside of Islam. Well, back here in North America, the never-miss-a-Super Bowl club may be down to just three members, but they're still going strong after 53 years. It's the only known group of fans with a perfect attendance record for the big game. Group member Donald Crism has not missed a Super Bowl since he started attending back in 67 and says he's proud of his perfect attendance record.
12: Sometimes I feel a little greedy. I run into people who say, you know, I'd like to just go to one, and I feel, God, I've already been to all of them. It's kind of unfair, but here I am. Uh, I don't know. We just love the game, and we got addicted to it.
0: Chris is hoping his Patriots can win their sixth title after losing to Philadelphia in last year's Super Bowl. And taking a look at sports, today's game between the Rams and Patriots marks the eighth rematch match in Super Bowl history. Good news for the Patriots, the team that won the previous matchup is 4-3, New England, defeated the Rams. Then in St. Louis, 20-17, back in 2002, kickoff is set for 4.30 this afternoon. And look to NHL action now. Calgary, they're going to attempt to get back in the wind column this afternoon on the road against the Hurricanes. Carolina hosts the Flames in one of three NHL games today. Action gets underway at noon. Also in action, the Canadiens will try to add to Edmonton's misery. This afternoon, as they host the Oilers, Edmonton has four losses in a row. The other game sees Washington hosting Boston. Taking a look at our local weather now, that extreme cold warning is in effect for Calgary and surrounding areas including Airdrie, Strathmore, High River and Hanna. Periods of light snow today with the temperature falling to minus 28 with the wind chill near minus 40. Keep in mind frostbite can happen in just mere minutes. Periods of light snow tonight, a low of minus 30, with a wind chill near minus 41. Mainly cloudy tomorrow, there is a slight chance of morning flurries, then a high of minus 25. In the morning, the wind chill will feel more like minus 41, but by the afternoon, it'll calm a bit to minus 33 in the afternoon. Sunny for Tuesday, and a high of minus 18. Wednesday, sun, and a high of minus 10. For Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, and a high of minus 9. For Friday, cloudy, a chance of flurries, and a high of minus 13. It is minus 27 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Aaron Foppel.
4: Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are both talk and text lines. And I'm going to go to Ruth on the phone lines. Good morning, Ruth.
7: Good morning.
4: How can I help you?
7: I have a uh, question <laughs> about uh, a project with an avocado pit. Yeah. I, uh, we have uh, managed to grow what we call a tree. It's yeah. about six feet tall. And uh, it has been slowly losing its leaves from the bottom up and it gets watered um
4: and do you have it growing in soil now or
7: oh yes yeah in potting soil in a big ceramic uh, bowl planting bowl yeah and um uh i i noticed that it wasn't looking healthy so i gave it a spike of uh, fertilizer a couple weeks ago and um I haven't
4: seen any. uh... It'll take a bit to get going because of the lower light, and that as well at this time of year. So what you want to do is again. What did you feed it with?
7: Um, it's called Job's spikes.
4: Yeah, those spikes. Yeah, those. So those are even slower. Those don't really do anything. Like they just like they're almost. I'd say almost useless to be honest. Really, they sit in there. They don't really. Like, it takes a long time for that to break down and do anything. It's more of just a sustaining fertilizer. Like, it adds a little bit. Some of you are way better off with a water-soluble. And for your avocado, if you go to a 15-30-15 water-soluble, um, you'll start seeing results. You'll never see results with those Ross root, those those sticks. So, oh. yeah, it's just it's something that it's just a... Mm-hmm. Uh, a fertilize to maintain, but uh, you have to definitely fertilize um, on a regular basis with a water-soluble fertilizer.
7: Um, thank you for that. And, yeah, those are um, things
4: that, I know we carry a few of them, like the tree spikes, if people have a hard time. I just stick them in the ground for maintaining, but really, like, like you said, they're not they're not the greatest thing. So.
7: I see. Uh, do you think there's any uh, hope that uh, I can turn things around? Yeah,
4: absolutely. No. Um, and with the good long days starting to come up, um, I definitely, I would pick up some 15, 30, 15. Um, we have our greened up fertilizer. That'll definitely help get it going. And, again, that's probably all it's lacking is just food, especially if that's sort of what it's been getting. And... Uh, and then they just, they run out of nutrients in the soil and they're fairly heavy feeders once they get growing, so.
7: Okay. All right. Thank you for that.
4: You're very welcome. So, um, good luck. And, and, and like I said, you should have no issues with that at all.
7: Super. Thank you. All right. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
4: Yeah, those, uh, it's always fun starting that kind of thing too when you uh, um, we're want to grow avocados and different things. But they, they are a fairly heavy feeder once they get growing. And a lot of that fruit, because then when they start producing, eventually it just it just takes a lot of food out of it. So, anyways, I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Norm. Good morning, Norm.
13: Oh, uh, good morning, Mel.
4: How can I help you? Uh,
13: I followed your directions on cutting down a Cotoniaster hedge. Yes, sir. And um, but it's about three days camel ride to your place, so I, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I didn't have any spray green so I use the insecticidal soap okay I'm not too sure I understand this business about washing it off afterwards what good is it if you put it on and wash it off
4: because what it does it's a contact killer like it just kills the 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 whatever it touches at the time um at what stage is your hedge at right now
13: oh Okay, now it's up, up about uh, eighteen inches, maybe. Okay,
4: perfect. Yeah, so this when it when it first comes up, leaves out. You're more going after the scale, and the insecticide of soap doesn't do a lot for the scale. Like it does a little bit, but that's where the pure spray green is good. It coats the branches. And and you can just leave it on, and then you don't have to. I just that's more what the professional arborists are using is the Pure Spray Green as well. So whenever I can recommend a product that's safe and is available to the retail that the professionals are using, I definitely like to. I like to recommend that.
13: Okay, I'm way up on the north side, so yeah, it's not
4: that's not a bad ride. Our, our, one of our our managers, <laughs> Brad, drives there every day. He lives in Bonass. So. Oh
13: great, yeah. <laughs> Uh, The other, if I have a second question, is that
4: okay? Of course.
13: (laughs) You were talking about beautiful hydrangeas. Yep. Um, Do they grow in partial sun, partial, like, just sun part of the day?
4: Yeah, actually, you want to go more to the Annabelle variety. Annabelle? Um, Yeah, they're they're a big white pom-pom. You'll see them... Um, in front of the McKinnison Holloway funeral homes, they seem to plant them in front of the one on Elbow Drive.
13: Are they strictly white? Uh,
4: in the shadier ones, yes. They they have a pink one a little bit, but when you get to you need full sun for the for the other ones. Oh, okay,
13: yeah. Okay, but the one good. that
4: does really good in the shade is is the Annabelle, and it it grows right on the north side. It's phenomenal, big leaves. Um, and really nice big white pom poms does very well, nice and hardy. All
13: right, thank you very much,
4: Mark. All right, and if you get to if you get a spot where you have a nice sun, like we have the quick fire. There's lots of other really hardy um, hydrangeas that you can grow they, as well.
13: The uh, quick fire. Yes. Is that do they grow in partial
4: sun? Um, it needs at least I'd say over half a day of sun. Oh, okay. Otherwise, they will grow, but you just don't get the, the blooms out of them. You know what I mean? Like, they survive, but never really till they're f- full fruit. Like, they don't get their full potential.
13: Yeah, okay.
4: So and, and so that's why if I have shadier spots, Annabelle is one of my favorite. Ligularia is a perennial. Hostas. Um, Are they all but,
13: perennials?
4: Um, Well, they are. The hydrangea comes back every year, so it's a shrub. But the other ones, ligularia, hostas, brunaria, those are all perennials, so they come back. And you can create a really, really nice shade garden with the right plants. So many times people put the wrong plants. They put sun plants in shade, and they wonder why their shade garden never looks good. you got to get the right plants in there. And there's great plants that you can grow in the shade. That, oh, this, will, that yeah, this area you. is about fifty-fifty. Yeah, so I would tend to go more to the shade ones then, because then they're really going to flourish. They do really well in those areas. So all right, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank okay, you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that's that is something that uh, independent garden centers hopefully offer you. I know when you come into uh, into ours, we have the the. The, the team down at Spruce it Up, there, are trying to steer you in the right direction, get you the right plants for those areas, because that's one of the gardens that I see people struggle with the most, is a shade garden, because they try to grow a dogwood, or they try to put a nine bark or they try to put other things in those areas, and they just don't do well. So... Um, to really get the, the your shade garden looking really good, like it, you can use the Annabelle hydrangea as your nice anchor in the background, or ligularias. Um, they're a, they're a rocket plant. They do really well. Nice big yellow flowers. Hostas, Brunaria, and if you want to add a little pop of color, you can mix in some begonias. But man, you can create a gorgeous, gorgeous shade garden with the right plants. And uh, and I love using bark mulch in those areas, and just making sure. Um, all your plants get watered properly, and especially in the shade, in the years. A lot of times, people, they know oh, it's real shade. I don't need to water. First couple years, all your plants need that good, thorough watering and uh, and fertilizing, and you'll definitely see the results here. If you give them a little effort, you'll definitely get that back from them. Well, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. Uh, we had a couple, and they dropped off. If you'd like to join me, come back, 403 or 1-800-563-7770 I'm going to take a quick break you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, I'm Merle Coombs and it's, uh, it's, it's a mighty cold out there. So I just want to give a shout out to uh, one of the guys on our printed Up crew. They were out this morning and uh, had a guy calling in Max. And he said he was getting had a flat tire. And Jeremy stopped and gave him a hand and uh, said he was a great guy. But that is Jeremy. He's a good guy. So, uh, Jeremy, good job if you're listening. And uh, Max, hope you have a safe rest of your day. And uh, we'll go on from here. Let's go. I have a text that was a little bit ago, so I'm going to answer it really quickly. We have a rubber tree that we've had for over 40 years. Wow. That has gotten quite spindly. I would like to take some cuttings and start a new plant. Do I have to let the cuttings dry out? Which rooting do I use? One or two? Any special soil. (laughs) What you can use on that one is just regular potting soil is good. um, But I would probably use the rooting hormone number two um, for a little bit harder wood. And try and get about six, eight inches off the top. And on, on rubber trees, you're going to have lots of the little nodes, which is great. And you really don't need to let them dry out. Just leave them for a couple hours. Cut them, um, let them seal up. You'll get the white glue um, come up, and they'll uh, callus over fairly quickly. And then just dip them into the rooting hormone. But I went, on those, I'd go into at least a six or eight-inch pot to start with Um, because they get fairly top-heavy fairly easily. So that's how I would do it. (laughs) You might want to try... I know some people, it depends how many you got, you might want to try a couple in water and see how they go. I know that's fairly big right now. I know we we picked up a bunch of propagation glass that will be arriving in the next couple weeks um, for people to use if they want to propagate plants. And uh, so hopefully you get that. And you should, when you prune it down... um, it, it'll start a whole bunch of new spots in the lower area. So you might be a, it might be a two-stage pruning that like you take it down to a certain spot, the height you want to thicken it up, but then' it'll, it'll send out sprouts from lower. So you might need to, to take the part that didn't get any. You'll, you'll get a little bit uh, dry out in some of the upper ones. so um, but definitely rubber trees are very um, acceptable to that type of pruning and will thicken up nicely for you. So good luck with that. And uh, if you'd like, you can even text me a picture of it, and or email it to Let's Talk Gardening to um, Let's Talk Gardening at siugc.ca, and go from there. All right, I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Steve. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you?
2: I have a tree in front of the house, Merle. It's about 12, 14 feet high. It's thin. It's kind of spindly. Um, it's got very fibrous bark. I'm not sure the kind of it. And in this, in the summer, it puts out, you know, little pink flowers uh, on it. And what's happening is that the squirrels are just tearing that bark up all the way up the branches of the tree to use for nesting material.
4: Really, I would yeah. probably say it's probably more the rabbits are chewing no, I, the bark. I, oh, you've seen the squirrels doing yeah, it? Yeah, I've seen the squirrels okay. doing it. Okay.
2: Pulling it all the way up the top and I'm just wondering
4: how would you how would we Bob X yeah there's a product called Bob X that okay. works really well for squirrels deer all that kind of thing rabbits okay and the nice thing in Canada like at that same product in the states they have a different skew almost for each animal but because it's so hard to register a skew in in Canada that um they put the strongest one all in one so we benefit from that so uh okay. so and it's just called bobex mix it with water typically apply it once a month depending on right. how much moisture if we get lots of rain you have to do a little bit more but once a month in those certain times of year when they're when they're doing that um will yeah. definitely help out
2: they've actually been doing it over the last few weeks just because i think they're trying to shore up their nests to keep warm
4: huh so and they- is it more of a shrub or is it a tree
2: it's a shrub and i can i can't remember the name of it it's got fairly thin branches but it's a very thin bark is it, are fine.
4: the are the pink flowers really thick
2: um no they're quite small okay quite small, little
4: be, okay and do you get any berries after or
2: no no berries on it huh yeah i don't know it's an odd one i can't i haven't really
4: looked it up yeah before. if you maybe send me a picture that would be great
2: yeah no i will do yeah, the, no, I won't be, and thanks for that. I won't be applying that stuff
4: today, though, I don't think. Yeah, no, no, it's got to be plus five or something like that. Yeah, yeah okay. um, No, because I got a picture from another fellow, Chris, who's asking about his double flowering plum, and okay. uh, it, it spits out a whole bunch of um, pink flowers, so I think he might have the same one if you don't get berries, because yeah, okay. they don't, the double flowering plum looks similar to the Nanking cherry, but the flowers are a little more, like they're like a double flower. Right, okay. so you get lots of them, and it's it's called a double flowering plum, but you don't get any fruit. So,
2: okay, well that's good to know. Thanks very much for the right.
4: help. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Thanks. Bye bye. And as far as Chrissy's asking, any tips on pruning my a double flowering plum? Yeah, what they can do is, it's almost like a hedge, but if you prune it now. Just I would just take the tops off and just even it up into a nice ball and then you'll still get the prune or you'll still get the blooms. But one thing, if you get lots of deadwood in it, this is a shrub that you can do the rejuvenation. So what you can do is just take it right down to the ground early spring and let it grow fresh from the bottom. But this one looks pretty healthy still. I would just even up those branches and just create a nice uniform shape and just sort of Pick a spot off the top and take a, a take. Looks like about a foot off there, and then just sort of goes this go down on each side and just even it up, and uh, and you should be fine there, Chris. And uh, I wouldn't worry about that at all. They they don't mind the pruning at all. But if you go too heavy, you won't get the blooms on the new growth. All right. And what else do I got here? We live in Southwest Calgary and re- re- recently noticed a few red squirrels. They're about. F- half a foot saw or half the size of a black and Browns and they've been around any idea where they came from uh, they're kind of feisty um, I know I've seen a lot more chipmunks coming back in which is nice and they're quite a bit smaller um, but I haven't noticed the red squirrels but um, they get brought in on sometimes on trucks trains um, sometimes people bring them in from other areas and uh, and they're asking if they're gonna be troublesome uh, I'm not too sure I usually don't like the squirrels become more of a a pain in houses and in um bird feeders things like that um typically they don't go after they they love digging up your your tulip bulbs and things like that, but that's where that bobex it does work really quite well and if you stay consistent with your deterrence um you'll definitely they they learn to just stay away from these areas so and uh, we'll go from there. When I when I come back from the break, we'll we'll go to Joyce and Robin. So this if you just hang on after the break, I'll get to you two callers. And I'm going to do one more. I got a question about fungus gnats in house plants. We had a sand layer about half inch to a full inch thick, but can't seem to get rid of them had my clementine plant flower recently and the eggs covered some stems cut off the flowers and then sprayed it down I would just use the pure spray green and maybe this the the probably the having that sand on there is holding a lot of the moisture in so you just watch on the watering and just maybe give it a couple good flushes of the of the pure spray green into the into the sand and, and that's where all the leg eggs are sitting in that like the, and so just give that a quick quick um, go of that and you should be fine all right and that was the same caller that says is this the gardening show yes it is so hopefully I got your your answer if not you can give me a shout on the phone lines and we'd be more than happy to answer you on the line we're gonna take a quick break and actually Jean from Nanton is she has uh, uh, she's gonna help us out with our red squirrel when we get back as well you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR
0: Only. Hey, it's cloudy and minus twenty-seven degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's ten thirty. I'm Erin Foppel. Well, it's cold out there, cold enough for Environment Canada to issue an extreme cold warning with windchill values in the minus 40 to minus 45 range. Most of the province is under the warning. The extreme wind chill has also caused the closure of the ski hill at COP along with a penguin walk at the Calgary Zoo. Airdrie RCMP are asking for the public's help finding a woman who has been missing since last week. 34-year-old Heather Brownlees was last known to be at her home in Crossfield on January 31st. She may be driving a silver 2007 Chrysler PT Cruiser. There is a general concern for her well-being. And Nissan has cancelled plans to take its X-Trail SUV in the UK, announcing it will instead be built in Japan. The move deals a sharp blow to Brexit supporters who had fought to have the model built in northern England where the automaker employs about 7,000 workers. Nissan had previously announced plans to build the model there after the British government sent a letter of undisclosed reassurances in 2016 after the Brexit vote about the company's ability to compete in the future. I look to local weather now, as mentioned that extreme cold warning is in effect for Calgary and the surrounding areas. The periods of light snow today, temperature falling to minus twenty-eight with a wind chill near minus forty. Light snow this evening with an overnight low of minus thirty. With a wind chill, though, it'll feel more like minus forty one, mainly cloudy tomorrow with a high of minus twenty-five. It is minus twenty-seven degrees. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled news at eleven. I'm Aaron Foppel.
4: Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, where we have a great new selection of houseplants and great indoor pots are all in stock. Come check us out. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right. And yeah, I love pruning today. It's a little cold. <laughs> it's a good day to go outside and maybe just look at your pruning, what you need to do and get a plan and, uh, and then go from there. Let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Joyce. Good <laughs> morning, Joyce. Good morning. Good. How can I help you?
3: I've got a little orchid here yep. that has actually bloomed again. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever managed to do this. Um, and I was wondering what I can do for it. It looks as though the pot is kind of small, so I was wondering when it's finished blooming, should I put it in a pot that's a little bit bigger?
4: Uh, absolutely. And what you want to do is find yourself a nice orchid pot, and uh, those are the ones with, that are open up on the sides. Uh-huh. They have little holes or decorative, like little flowers or some sort of thing. And get some bark. It's uh, orchid bark, and that's for transplanting them. And uh, and you can use a little bit of sphagnum moss as well.
3: Okay. Um, and does it need to be a much bigger pot? It has lots of roots here coming up. First.
4: It's just while you're doing it... Like, what size is it in now? Like a 4-inch or something? Or I would
3: say, yeah, probably 4-inch.
4: I would go yeah. to a 6 or an 8, and that's going to last for quite a long time. Um, if you go to a 6-inch, that's going to give you a few years in that pot, so you'll be fine. And if sometimes I like going to a little bit bigger pot and pick yourself up another orchid at the same time because then that way I put two or three into one pot, and then you tend to get an orchid blooming at all the time, all year round. That
3: would be ambitious for me.
4: I've ever only been able to get this one. So <laughs> the, the main thing um, with that orchid, Joyce, is w- like when it's done blooming, the stem that is blooming, don't cut that off. Like so many people, cut the bloom off when it's done. Mm-hmm. Just let it, just let it die back a little bit, and it'll send more shoots out from that blooming stem.
3: Yeah, yeah, I have always done that. But okay, good. This is the first one that's ever. Uh, ever bloomed again but it always looked healthier right from the word go when i first got it and and do you fertilize uh actually i put a little bit of rage plus on it every now and then perfect and that seems to keep it
4: absolutely but
3: since it's rebloomed i feel i should cuddle it a little bit now
4: yeah no that's Um, awesome that's that's great yeah no just and if you want to definitely transplant it um and they, they transplant, even when they're blooming, they're, it's not that hard on them because their root system, you're not tearing it up. They're fairly solid root system. Mm-hmm. So if you want to do it when it's blooming, um, it's fine. So in the next couple months, you're fine.
3: Okay. And where would I find an orchid
4: pot? Um, well, spruce it up. We have lots of orchid pots. <laughs> well, um, I'm
3: like the other guy. I'm about three days camel ride away. So.
4: Um, yeah, I'm not. With Sunnyside closing down, um, you can try some of the other garden centers. But basically, most of them should carry an orchid pot or take a little trip to us.
3: Yeah. All right. Yeah, I get down to you about once a year. I
4: think. Oh, nice! Yeah, we have some great orchid <laughs> pots that we just got a bunch in, so we have a, we do have a really nice selection right now. Okay. So. righty.
3: Well, maybe now's the time to
4: come. Absolutely. To um, All
3: right. And Thanks, Joyce. The
4: other Joyce. thing. Oh, yep. go ahead.
3: I do have another question. Do you have time? Sure. Yeah, I've had some really nice hyacinths uh, blooming inside. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, they've been really lovely, and um, but now. This particular bulb has finished. Yep. Is there anything else I can do with them, or have they once have been forced?
4: Is that it? Yeah, or you them? can just let them go dormant again, and you can either plant them outside in the fall, or try and rebloom them again inside. So then they need to go into a dormant period. Mm-hmm. So let them just die back, and then let the bulb dry out. Store it in a cool, dark place for twelve to sixteen weeks. And but a dry, dark spot like in some really dry potting soil or peat moss or something, mm-hmm. and just leave them in a cool, dark place for like said, twelve to sixteen weeks, and then pull them back up and replant them, and away you go.
3: Oh, okay, right. Well, right, Mike, if that goes, yeah, or that's, plant
4: them outside in the fall.
3: Yeah, that's what my mum used to do in England. She yeah. would um, put them outside. I they love hyacinths. They... The first year, but they would bloom uh, the second year.
4: Yeah, they they're they're very fragrant. They're a nice little bulb inside. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, they've been beautiful. Yeah, Kay. really
4: nice. Anyway, thanks very much for You're your welcome. Help. Thanks, Joyce. Yeah. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. All right, I'm going to go to Robin. Good morning, Robin.
3: Good morning.
4: How are you?
8: Oh, I'm good, thank you. How can I help you? Okay, I have. Uh, um, I have. We have an issue with a tree that it's a new tree. It, it would be in its third year right now. Okay. Um. Okay. The deer attacked it Aye. last year. Yeah. And uh, literally destroyed it above two, about two feet. So anyway, what's happened is that the tree is taking off from the bottom. Is there any hope for it? Or
4: What type of tree is it? Uh,
8: Well, it's a leafy kind of tree.
4: (laughs) (laughs) A tree with leaves, okay.
8: Uh, Okay, I'm not sure. I I, I don't know that. um, Typically
4: when it it does that, if it's coming up from the bottom, uh, either you cut it off at the bottom, the main trunk, and then just let it come up with multi-stems and you're going to have a shrub. Oh, okay. Um, to try and get it to grow back into that, if it's damaged that much, it's it's too late. The only thing is, if right after the damage happened, what you do is you clean it up, and then we have a product called Lock Balsam. It's a bark replacement, but it's almost too late for that because it's already healed over, and it's done all that stuff from last, last year it happened. Yeah. I would just, like you said, that's the only thing, if you cut it off the base, and it looks like a shrub, but it's never going to be that tree that you wanted to plant there. So you might, unfortunately, just want to start over.
8: Okay. That was what I wanted to know. Yep. All right. And uh, I have one more thing. I have a raised garden that uh, I basically grow some beans and, and carrots in. Yep. Um, is there anything I should be doing in the spring to regenerate this soil, or do I just use the same <laughs> soil and no. don't worry about it? Or um... No,
4: absolutely. You want to rejuvenate your soil every year. Um, t- remove the top third and, and put that soil, if you can, into your shrub beds or just reuse it somewhere else. Okay. And then get in a good, like a, we have an organic veggie soil, or you can use um, sea soil or mix in just good potting soil into there and uh, and then just mix in the top third with new soil with the old soil.
8: Okay, okay. All, all right. right. That's good. Thank you. Good yep. advice. Have and that's a- what
4: you need. You need good roots, good food in, the, in, your, in your soil. Otherwise, it uh, won't produce for you, especially in raised beds.
8: Okay. All right? Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.
4: Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then when we get back, we'll hit the phone line. We got Jean, Gloria, Tony, and Wendy waiting on line. And uh, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and the nice thing about the gardening world is that uh, I just got a text from someone else, and he reminded me what tree probably that guy with the squirrel was eating it. I keep fighting squirrels to eat the bark off my old honeysuckle. They peel the strip off at a time. Yeah, because the the honeysuckle bark itself kind of shreds as it gets older. So that totally makes sense. So the last color that had the squirrels pulling it off, it's probably a honeysuckle is the one. So definitely you could use Bob-X on that. But it's a hard one. Like they're pulling it off at nesting time as well for that. So it, it is a bit of a battle. So try the Bob-X and uh and see how that works and, uh, and go from there. But that is definitely the same plant because it's a spindly pink flower. So... Anyways, we're going to go, where are we at? We're at Jean in Nanton. Good morning, Jean.
11: Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm not half bad. That's if good. It was warmer, I'd be a lot better.
4: Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> no kidding.
11: I've got three quick things. Okay. Uh, number one, those little red squirrels are the native squirrel of this area. Okay. And in cities, the imported grays and blacks usually root them out.
4: Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so All they've right. come in and taken over and pushed those little guys out. Yep,
11: and you find them out in in the bush and out. Has that
4: happened more with our um, chipmunks as well? Yes. Because I remember as a kid, man, we had chipmunks everywhere.
11: Oh, aren't they adorable?
4: Yeah, I'm starting to see. Like I'm in Sundance, I'm, I've definitely seen a couple this past year or two. Like definitely seen a few more. Yeah. But man, yeah, they're gorgeous. They're cute little, cute Are little things. Absolutely.
11: And the other thing, I have pansy geraniums, Martha Washingtons. Yep. And usually I lose my geraniums over the winter, but where I am right now, I have a heated, large heated garage. It's kept at 50 degrees, whatever that is. And those Martha Washingtons are blooming their heads off. Yeah,
4: they like it a little bit cool like that, too. So you kind of got them in, especially if they're getting enough light.
11: Yeah, they're in the south window. Yep.
4: No, the definitely the Martha Washington. They love that a little bit cooler. Keeps them crisp. They don't like it when it gets too hot. They really get spent really fast.
11: Yeah, they get quite sulky in the heat. Don't yeah, they?
4: Yeah, they don't like it. That's where you go to your regular geraniums. They they can yeah. perform much better. But absolutely, those um, are, are ideal like in early spring, like in Vancouver, Seattle. Like they'll put mm-hmm. them out. They'll put them out early because they can take a little bit of frost. Um, So they'll typically plant them in this February, March area out there where it's cool, Mm. but not as cool as us. Uh
11: (laughs) (laughs) My ivy geranium has wintered too, which I've never been able to do before.
4: Yeah. No, Um, another great one.
11: I have fungus gnats. Yeah. And they, like at the bottom of the pots, when you lift them, there's those little beads in there. I presume that's where they're hatching out
4: well those little beads are probably if it's in the soil those are probably little fertilizer things from the grower uh
11: no these existed. are little bitty black um they're not fertilizer they're, and i only get them where i've got gnats okay what can i put in the soil to get rid of those little brutes
4: um pure spray green
11: pure spray green yep. oh in on the soil yep, and just that spray,
4: works yeah, to spray right on the soil
11: it works on the soil and on the, and, and,
4: the and the foliage and all that. Oh, Absolutely marvelous!
11: I'll be up to get a gallon of it. <laughs> all
4: right, we got all lots.
11: Thanks a
13: lot. You're
4: welcome. All right, bye bye, bye bye, all right. Time for one more. I'm going to go to. Actually, I'm going to wait till after the break because I'm real close to the to the break. I'm going to read a couple of quick texts, and uh, and then we'll go from here. Um, a larch tree. Got our A deer got our larch tree before we had a cage run. Will the branches grow back? Um, they, they will, but on that one, it is tough. It's out of the center. You might want to just prune some of those existing ones back or take the ones off the bottom and then let it... Um, depends how high up that is. It's kind of odd. They've taken it right from the middle of your larch tree. And it, and I'd remove that stake off the off the larch as well if you haven't already. Um, you can do that; would be good. But uh, yeah, just trim it up. Um, it's, it's hard to say. Um, it's on the newer grills, so you should see them. But it's never going to fill in perfectly to the same extent. You're always going to have that hollowed center on your on your larch, unfortunately. So, anyways, um, I apologize for that. And I got one more. Hi, Merle. I was wondering if you could help me determine what's wrong with this plant. And I'm trying to think which one it is because they, they come in at different times. Ah, I see. It is a money plant. And I would just say looking at the size of it, it does need to get transplanted. And it looks like it got dried out on the top. Um, looks like some of the leaves, when I see that dry curled up, um, typically that means it got dried out at one time, and then the tree, I would just cut those ones off, and I would look at transplanting that tree, and this is from the 921 number. Um, I would transplant that and and put it into a larger pot, and just make sure when you water, you give it that good thorough watering all the way through. That is a big foliage plant, and it's ready. <clears throat> after you transplant, I would just use either like a 20-20-20, or something like that just to give it some fertilizer because it's starting to get a little bit chlorotic. The leaves are going light on you. just means it's, uh, it needs a little bit of food. All right. Right now I'm going to go for a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Gloria. Good morning, Gloria.
5: Hi. Thank you for call, for taking my call. Of course. And I'll just do this real quick. Um, when I was in elementary school, I learned how to graft trees
4: yes.
11: through
5: signs. And they took. It was great. And I've been doing it. I've been trying every year to try and do my apple trees. Yeah. And never, I I don't get any grafting successes
4: at all. What, what time of the year are you doing it?
5: Um, in the spring, just before the buds start? Yeah.
4: No, it sounds like you're doing it right. Um, the one thing is to make sure that the tree is well well hydrated as well. Like, make sure that you water the tree really well. And oh, okay. just, just when it's starting to push its bud. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because if, if you wait too long, if the tree doesn't full of moisture, we've had lots of really dry years. Um, and if the tree isn't getting enough water, it doesn't push the moisture up to do those kind of extra things that we ask it to do.
9: Okay. And and do you use wax?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, That just that? to seal it up. Yep, the okay. little drill. And we have a few of those supplies, the grafting tape and wax. and um,
5: I only I only use wax. Yeah. Is there a tape as well?
4: Yeah. This depends on how big and for support and things like that.
5: Oh okay.
4: Yeah, because actually, I have a grafted espalier at my house, and I think I have four different apples on it. Yeah, I'm just I wanted to cover up a wall that on the side of the garage in my house, so I put in a spalier, so I got it growing on the side of the garage. So I
5: have I have a pear tree in front of my garage too, and it's beautiful. But the first one year, the first year was the best, and then the second year wasn't quite as good, and last year was not very good at all.
4: Again, it, it's a lot of it is water on a lot of our trees. Like, if you even existing trees, that slow, deep watering, putting the soaker hose around them, get the water into the roots, because it's been so dry. Like, we haven't had good moisture in our ground for the last few years, so a lot of our trees are suffering from, from that and then fertilizing.
5: Um, I think I've done both of those. Okay, if but, you just do it. But maybe I haven't pruned.
4: Um, like I, have, that I haven't been pruning
5: them.
4: Yeah, depends. The only really time you need prune if you're getting good growth or if there's dead damage or disease branching. I'm not a big advocate of just pruning for the sake of pruning. Okay. Um, more so um do the do the water, get the get the slow drip hose, leave it on there for 6-8 hours sort of every once a week or every couple of weeks. That way you're not wasting water. And then fertilize with a 15-30-15 on your pear tree. 15-30-15. 15. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, and don't be afraid. Like fertilize it once a week, starting in May, um, just to really give it a good boost, and then stop fertilizing about mid-July because that's unfortunately when our trees start slowing down for the winter. Right. So you don't want to feed them past that. Okay. All right. So there's
8: no secret
5: as
6: to grafting. Um, no, it's
4: just that time, and I find just making sure that it's well hydrated. And I'm not sure if Will Belogier is still around Southern Alberta. I'll have to get in touch with him. He's the guy that I had to do some pruning or some grafting with as well on a project I was working on. He used to be out of Okotoks. He had a company called Can Graft. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure if Will Belogier is still around. So if okay. anybody knows, let me know.
10: Okay. All right. Thank you.
5: All right.
4: Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I got another picture from with the larch that uh, was eaten by the deer. And it looks like it's, um, you need a little bit more soil around the roots as well. It's. Uh, I would cut a nice tree well around that uh, larch, um, go wider, as wide as the branches are, and remove that sod, put soil, and then put bark mulch in there just to, to hold it in. It looks like it's almost rooted up, like the roots are hanging out of the ground there a bit. So um, that will definitely help your larch tree get going as well. And on that one, I might just cut those bottom branches off and let it grow from the top And it'll thicken up quite good, and you might be able to even just put some shrubs around the bottom and and see. But it's going to be, or you sort of create that topier look. (laughs) So you have a couple of choices. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone line. Wendy's been waiting very patiently. Good morning, Wendy. Hey,
6: good morning. How are you?
4: Very good. How can I help you
6: um you're doing a great show and I totally you. uh the the red squirrels I have one and he's a feisty little guy and he will take on the gray and the black ones oh, no. I love watching him he's hilarious.
4: Yeah I've had a couple texts um Muriel she's in across the um ravine from Sundance, and she says she has lots of red squirrels as well over there and loves watching them. She says they're oh, yeah. feisty little things. So.
5: Oh, yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. So I'm up in Strathcona, and, uh, yeah, he's got, there's only the one. I yeah,
4: they that's, had so enough of those guys. So that's good. That's
6: good. <laughs> so, I, um, so I have a couple of aloe vera plants, and they're probably in six-inch terracotta pots. Yep. And they are propagating like crazy, but I never get much more than about six inches on these little babies that they're spitting out all over the place. Okay. Is it worth, you know, sometimes I've taken them and put them in other pots, and, I've, you know, because they're in terracotta, they're such a maintenance issue. Is it worth it?
4: (laughs) It it is, and I would probably put them into, like, a 4-inch pot. Like, take them from there, get a new soil, put them into, like, a 4-inch pot from that. Yeah. Um, It sounds like your other, your bigger one probably needs to get transplanted as well. So I'd probably, Uh, their bigger aloe vera, I'd put it into, like, an 8 or a 10-inch pot.
6: Okay, can I put two together or is that too much for them? Um, I got two of them that are doing this.
4: Yeah, I would probably go each one their own because they do multiply quite a bit and then you're yeah. just gonna have to do it. So I'd get two eight to ten inch pots and then put them in there, let them be nice and healthy, get some good soil. and uh, And you can just use regular potting soil with your aloe vera and you'll be fine.
6: Well, they really aren't doing much though you know yeah, like that's
4: probably you... why, because uh, there's nothing left for them in there, so they send up that's why they're sending out lots of suckers or stressing.
6: But even the new ones, the new ones are—they're sticking around at about six or eight inches, and, and that's it. That's...
4: Do you do you pull them out, and that even after you transplant them, they don't do well?
6: No, I've got two I'm looking at right now that are sitting here. It's been probably a year; they haven't done much.
4: Huh. Um only thing I can think is new soil, um, water, and then fertilized. Like with those, I would just do an all-purpose twenty twenty twenty, 20 and lots of sun. Like they Yeah, need...
6: they're in a sunny window. I'm thinking compost bin. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, I just make sure you're using good soil and that's they should do great. But sorry, Wendy, I gotta I gotta roll on it's the end of the show for me. Sorry. Bye bye. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me. And enjoy the Super Bowl or whatever else you're gonna do today. Seven seventy C H Q R.